I believe only about 10% of, of business is unique. And that's your unique skill set that, that, that you're selling. That's the bit in the yeah. middle. That's that's the solar bit. That's the roofing bit. That's the lawyer yeah. bit or the doctor bit or whatever. And 90% of it, it's the same stuff over and over. It's having the systems in place to do that for you, you know? Yeah. And sales teams being among the most important. Great experiences build great leaders. Great leaders build great teams. This is Building Great Sales Teams. All right, guys, welcome back to Building Great Sales Teams. I've got a special one for you guys today, and it's probably someone that you already know and love. And I should have had him on the podcast years ago. Uh, I've known Sam Samuel Smith for about two years now. You guys know him as the small business surgeon. He's the host of the small business surgeon podcast. Sam's a brilliant consultant with an expertise in bring, building digital infrastructures for offline businesses to bring him to an online world. Brother, I'm not big on opening up with the whole origin story and going through <laughs> all that, but you have a badass one. I feel like, I mean, thank you. I feel man. like, thank I feel you. like you're living, you know, the American dream in the sense of like you came from another country mm -hmm. and, and made your way in the US, you know what I'm saying? And so can you kind of walk us through that a little bit before we get into the juicy stuff? Man, how do I get over the uh, introduction envy, man? I've got serious intro jealousy on that podcast. <laughs> <laughs> you see, my, my intro is like two years old now, and I'm like, well, damn, Doug, <laughs> that was really good. That was really good. So appreciate it. Man, origin story, dude, I came here at 19. Um, I was a professional drummer and I was on a on a dream of being on tour and, and being this professional musician and touring in America. And, you know, for, for kids growing up in England, um, a US tour is the ultimate like measuring stick of whether you're a great musician or not. And as a drummer, you know, I got to hang out with a lot of great musicians. Uh, so that was fun. But it, it gave me... Um, it gave me this chip on my shoulder that I didn't want to go back home a failure, you know? And so that's, uh, th that's what I did. I, uh, I was drumming and trying to hustle and trying to fill in between contracts. And I just, I could not keep a job. I just could, I had itchy feet every time I was like, man, I can make more money doing this myself. And mm -hmm. so like, I haven't had a job since I was 23 years old. Um, <laughs> And so, yeah, man, I don't know where you want to go in this origin story, dude. I've, I've, I've done it. Um, I've done it all and got the scars to prove it. You know, I built a couple of big companies and sold one in my mm -hmm. early 30s. And then I lost one in my mid 30s. I did what every guy that, that has a little bit of success does and, you know, blows the money on, on, on stupid stuff. Because, yeah. again, no mentors, no guidance. Um, things like Apex did not exist uh, you know, mm -hmm. 10 years ago. And so it was, it was a very diff different business landscape. What, what you learned was what you learned. And, um, yeah. you know, it, it took a lot of failures to figure out what was going to work. Yeah, no, I definitely understand that. And that's, that's very similar to my story as well, where I didn't have the guidance or the mentors. And, uh, so I did a lot of stupid stuff. <laughs> and then, and then we found apex and mm -hmm. we're at a flying Friday. 
and we all go to this local like jazz bar afterwards right <laughs> and and i had heard of you already like through social media and through the grapevine and everything like sam's a cool guy he's got an accent so he's automatically smarter than all of us right and so <laughs> is that so <laughs> and so we're we're all hanging out we're having a good time or whatever and um all of a sudden, and, and I forgot how this even happened, but all of a sudden you're on the drums and you're just going ham mm -hmm. <laughs> on those drums well, and everybody's kind of freaking out. But I think I had listened to your podcast already. So for whatever reason, I had already seen one of your sets. I want to oh, say okay. on social media. So I was Probably already so. like a fan, you know? Oh, thank you. And then, and then uh, I think Stuman was there and he's like, I yeah. have no idea Sam played the drums. And I was like, yeah, yeah you do don't have any idea like i've seen a bunch of his sets already he's a badass i i didn't know that i didn't know that he, yeah. he had said that man and the the reason i played the drums there that night was if you remember a few guys got up on stage and sang oh, and right. yeah. they were they were hazing the the new executives mm -hmm. and it was my turn to be hazed and they said well what song do you want to sing and i said well i'd rather just play the drums oh that's uh, right I, and they, they looked at me like what <laughs> and i said no I'd, I'd be more comfortable why don't you just haze me on the drum set and then they they threw out mr Brightside like i wouldn't be able to do it and man that was one of my show pieces in our show so i was just, I just <laughs> sat down. the look on the musicians faces when when i when i started the beat and it was in time and then they they just started grinning because they knew it was on and we had a yeah. blast man i would have stayed on that stage all night though that's that's really what i what i love to do is, is performing on stage um mm. i just you know that that drummer money just isn't there <laughs> you know <this> right. is. <laughs> <laughs> no it was it was an awesome moment i feel like that was like as far as our group was concerned that was your like coming out moment like everybody knew who sam was after that you know no kidding that's awesome man. I, yeah. I love that because of course i was just up there bashing away having a blast mm -hmm. you know <laughs> and yeah. then and then you know in the i would say in the year following you know your media company really took off after that right and it so did. and yeah, then it, it was M mdm and so mm -hmm. like we were all using you for our production and stuff like that so it it, it really took off after that but you know what i want to ask you about the business that you sold what was that business and how were you able to sell it and kind of you know maybe extract a couple of lessons that you learned through that process mm. so that was a car dealership believe it or not Oh, wow. And, okay. And so, so um, I know you've done yeah. real estate too. You've done, obviously you've had a media company. Well, it I mean, was, <laughs> every, everything I've done has been an evolution of the last thing. So the, okay. um, I've, I've never stopped doing real estate. Real estate is not something I have done. It's something I do. I, yeah. I just don't do it like other than I cruise around and I find deals and the deal mm -hmm. of the century comes along a couple of times a week. And some of them I'll get involved in, some of them I'll pass off, but like real estate is something I always keep my eyes open for. It's just not my main focus. Mm -hmm. And I, I'd been driving past this rundown derelict car dealership on my way to work for, mm -hmm. for months. And well, one day there was a, a for sale by owner sign in the front of it. And I thought, well, shit, let me go, let me go do this. Cause I was looking at it as a commercial flip. I wasn't looking yeah. at it as, as a car dealership, uh, but I grew up in a shop and you know, I just had a wild hair and I bought this place to renovate it and flip it. As I'm renovating it, I'm like, well, you know what? I like cars. What could possibly go wrong? And so, <laughs> so I found out I did. I used the scientific method of fuck around and find out. And I, I yeah. found out 
and I built a great little car dealership. Uh, we had it for about three years. Mm -hmm. And the problem I had with it was, you know, I hadn't learned proper delegation. And I was still very much to the fact that, you know, I can do this only I can do it. I, it's got to go through me and everything. Oh, I, yeah. I was, I was the bottleneck Classic. and, you know, um, when I sold it, you know, it, it was, it was to a group of very excited young men that wanted to come in and build their own car dealership. And I'd got as far as operating procedures. I mean, we had a solid mm -hmm. book of operating procedures of how to buy cars of how to bid them, like all our sources, where we would get them from and everything. And, you know, they took all that work and tossed it out the window and I didn't sell the property. I sold the business. And so within 18 months, um, they had skipped out on rent and, and jumped out. Uh, and that oh, was that. Wow. And so, um, I went back in there and put a new lick of paint on it and take their sign down and clear their shit out and was going to, you know, lease it again. Mm -hmm. And a developer offered me a, a significant amount of money more than I'd quite a lot more than I paid for the for the lot and had in it. And mm -hmm. my original plan was to flip it anyway. And so I sold it back to the developer at that point. But, you know, in, in selling the business, um, Matt, I was just disappointed that they didn't do the work. They didn't right. do what was what was written down. I think a lot of people see businesses and they're like, Oh, man, this will be turnkey. This will be easy. I know what I'm doing. And then yeah. they just they came in and just ripped up the, the whole playbook thinking they were gonna you know just have some some magic I, I mean i don't know like buy here pay here lots have a have a specific customer demographic that you'll be working in whether you like it or yeah. not right yeah. you, you have to learn to understand those customers and they will mm -hmm. um they will take advantage of you at every opportunity and yeah. so there's there's a very fine balance because i don't want to take advantage of them i i would get in trouble with my bank rep for writing loans at 15 percent and not writing mm -hmm. them at 24 I think the highest legal the limit, max. it was 20. Yeah, it was 23.99. It, it was something. I was I only know that because I took those loans as a kid. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I, I refused. I'm like, no, yeah. I'm not selling somebody a $10,000 car at, you know, 20% interest. And I think that was, that was a big, um, that was a big lesson for me in the, me thinking that everybody you know was a stand-up person and everybody right. would pay their bills on time and stuff and and in reality um you know you, you can't take somebody's car away from them they'll go out of their way to hide it because that that car is how they get their groceries it's how they pick yeah. up their kids it's how they get to work and it's the last thing they want to lose and so mm -hmm. I, le I learned a lot about fraud and about credit and about character and about bounce checks and uh, about repossessions um but most importantly, I learned how to sell. Uh, I learned how to establish relationships. And mm -hmm. that was that was my very, very first time doing the likable, attractive character. Uh, and at that point in time, I had, I had no idea what it was. But we would go on social media and we would post about our cars and we would talk about mm -hmm. our day and we would post videos from the shop and we'd post videos from the auction and like years before like it, it it was popular but it's how we generated like interest in the cars and, and people would people would see our social media and they'd come buy from us because they'd seen us on facebook and i'm mm -hmm. like wow this is a this and then uh the google my business uh too you know building yeah. that up and it broke my heart when i handed the company off and i'd sold it they came in they rebranded it and they they didn't do anything in the playbook that 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 we'd written down so i keep mm -hmm. thinking i'll buy another car lot at one point when i'm ready to retire and just flip cars for fun because like once you've got that racing blood in you and you've, you've yeah 
you know, you've worked on cars and stuff. It, it never goes away. I mean, I look at my knuckles and they're just covered in scars from, from doing stuff that I love to do, you know? Mm -hmm. so, but no, uh, I, I couldn't agree more. I think part of me still feels like, eh, one day I'll have a sales team again, you know, mm -hmm. <laughs> one day I'll go back to that life. You know, it's, it's so, it's so different now because you and I do do very similar things in slightly different niches. Mm -hmm. Um, but, I think the hardest challenge for me in getting where I've gone is, is that, you know, before I let go of, of, of where I'm at, I had a very comfortable, you know, 250 ish average every year. Right. And I want to get to, to the seven figure yeah. uh, teams again. And, mm -hmm. you know, I had that with my supplement company, my, my online brands, uh, and, and that's a whole other story. Um, but I know it's, I know it's feasible. I know it's doable. Yeah. I, I know I can do it. And so I'm, I'm, I let go of the safety and comfort of that, you know, two to two fifty a year to go all in on this. You know, my, my goal is 3 million a year in, in revenues for my business. Mm -hmm. And so that's, that's not a huge ask. Um, it's $250,000 a month. And I think we can, we can get to that, uh, yeah. with focus, um, probably in the next 120 to 180 days. I mean, that's, that's the goal. Uh, but you, I had to give up the media company. I had to let go of that. And I had to let mm -hmm. go of, of the real estate company I built, you know, and uh, it's a thing to build a big real estate company and then realize you don't like selling houses. <laughs> That's <laughs> I can, I can relate for sure. You know, well, you, you think it's, of... it's tough to make that decision though, you know, and then yeah, you've got that comfort knowing I'm going to yes. sell, I'm going to sell two or three houses this month. That's another 20 yeah. grand in the bank and, and off yeah. we go that's that's comfortable and yet you know i built using social media i built the second largest real estate team in town mm. and i hated it um i love the video mm. part i love putting yeah. the stuff together but actually like the physical selling the real estate wasn't for mm -hmm. me but that's very hard to walk away from when you've been doing real estate for for three or four years and everybody on social media knows you're doing real estate yeah. And it, it's very difficult to walk away from the same with the media. But the more I look at the media and the more I look at the real estate, you know, my income is limited by those two companies, yeah. um, really to 35 to $40,000 a month. And that wasn't, that wasn't what I'm wanting. And that's not what I'm capable of. So yeah. I had to, had to take a step back from that focus entirely on becoming the small business surgeon. Yeah, I have a very similar pivot point, you know, and I felt the same way. I was like, you know, yeah, I'm bringing in 150, 200 personally through my business and it's a seven figure business. So mm -hmm. I got to tout that, you know what I mean? It looks and great on paper. Multiple, yeah, exactly. But it's like, man, I have to, to move my personal needle. Mm -hmm. I have to basically make another million dollars mm -hmm. you know, to, to really move it because of yep. the, the, not razor thin margins, but they were thin, thinner margins. Right. And then there was so much liability. And yep. then, and then, you know, I, I came to a core value crisis, you know, mm -hmm. where I realized my business wasn't operating on the core values that I now operated on. So there, that gap was getting further and further. And so I did, I had to make that choice where it's like, Hey, go full-time consulting. It's a way higher margin business. And, but I won't, I won't have that ego, you know, ego provider of having a seven figure business anymore. You know what I'm saying? Which is, yeah, I, which is I the do. Backstop. 
But the older I get, the less I care about that. <laughs> that's what that's what I got to eventually. I was just yeah. like, I don't care if I, I I know I can make half a million next year just mm -hmm. doing straight consulting, rev share, all the other deals. Same, you know. Same. And so I was I like, and it's weird because you know guys like us do. We've always we've always got the multiple streams. We've got so many mm -hmm. irons in the fire, and and yet for me to make the most money with the least amount of effort, what I have to do is shut down all those things that are paying me a couple yeah. hundred grand a year and it, it, it's terrifying to make that leap and mm -hmm. yet i mean it's been hugely gratifying since i left it's only been like three months since i since i took it like and and went absolute full-time doing this and you know like cash on cash in my pocket not revenues not at all so let's not right. let's not get that but cash on cash in my pocket i i've put more money in my pocket in the last three months than i had i did in the last two years like uh, in my beautiful. pocket mm -hmm. and that's it's beautiful. just it's just from it's from shifting the focus to where can i have the most impact both with my audience and mm -hmm. with my pocketbook and unfortunately you know for me i've had teams i think nine teams was the biggest team i ever had mm -hmm. and that's just that just wasn't what i wanted to do um with my life i'm, I'm much better off at helping business owners go through the mistakes that I've already made, you know, that, that, that seems to be what my absolute calling is. And the small business surgeon, it came about very, um, you know, there was a nefarious intent behind it. And if I can, I'll, I'll walk you through it. Cause you may have been at the event. It was an apex event in mm -hmm. December of 2020. Uh, it was my first in-person event. We'd all been shut down for COVID. And uh, no, I Jess, joined about five months after that. You joined about after that. At, okay, at, so at MDM. Oh, right on that, yeah. that April. Yeah, I was there. Yeah. Um, but but uh, Jessica, um, her last name evades me. The no, the other one. Oh, um, yeah, that one you can't remember her yeah. last name either. <laughs> um, she's a she's an insurance agent out of Kansas Kansas City, and she is is wonderful in the referrals game. And mm -hmm. so I asked her, I said, and, and she had just done a presentation. I put my hand up. I said, you know, how can I play this game myself? And she said, start a group in your hometown on a subject that you're interested in. doesn't matter what. So I'm interested in small business. So I started that day. I started a group of business owners. And by the mm -hmm. end of the class or the end of the, the, the day there, I'd had 40 people join my group. And the next day there was over 100 people in it. I'm like, wow. Nice. And my intent was to build that group to sell the business owners real estate. And so after the group started going, I, uh, I hosted events and then I invited people to meet me for coffee and they'd come yeah. sit with me one-on-one. -on -one. And th the goal was to turn them into real estate clients. And what happened was every single one of those business owners opened up to me off the record. We had the coffee, we had the sit down, and they started telling me about where they were struggling and, and, and how bad things were and how crazy life had got after COVID and not yeah. knowing what to do now and not knowing what to do next. And it was just suddenly like, well, well, have you tried this? And what about that? You know, and I had all this real world experience that I could give to people. And it wasn't until I was sitting in Zach Babcock's mastermind a couple of months later which is mm -hmm. uh, where we formulated the small business surgeon idea that um, it was Thomas Keenan and Patrick Bolaños both. They're like, you're a coach, whether you want to be or not, 
you're yeah. a coach and this was this was over two years ago now sitting there mm -hmm. and you, you know the amount of imposter syndrome behind that well who am i to coach anybody right but then when you realize and you start talking to business owners you realize that most of what you see on the internet is filtered and it's there because they want you to see it and the real stuff going on behind the scenes um is a lot more tumultuous and mm -hmm. it's a lot more challenging and more importantly man it's all really really similar challenges that can yeah. be fixed by putting you know one of six or seven different things in place and mm -hmm. normally normally they're lacking a, a few more than that but like there's right. so many basics that again i've already covered i'm like why am i not out here helping these people and so yeah. it just that's where it came from man um completely no intention of being a coach no yeah no intention that's of where being a that's where it should come from you should yeah. have people coming up to you saying hey you need to be a consultant or hey you need to be a coach or hey you need to do this full time that you know that, that's and, that's and when you know that's, that's what it was you know, yeah. you know and it, it was I mean, don't get me wrong. It was an extremely difficult pivot shutting down the the Texas Media Foundry, extreme because mm -hmm. we did blow up after MDM. Like yeah. it was great. Like it was really great. And um, you know, we had a we had a major client pull out and pull funding on a project, uh, and it put me at a crossroads. Uh, I can either dig in and go get more clients, or mm -hmm. I can I can actually pivot and go just get clients for myself for my yeah. own brand. And man, it's just been, it's been night and day switch now that I'm full-time consulting. Yeah. I remember that first conversation we had, you, your, your voice was just so much lighter that first conversation. <laughs> we, and we were, we really went through all of it kind of at the same time, the end of last year where yeah. we were just questioning life. <laughs> you know what I mean? That's why I made sure and called you. Cause I, I yeah. saw it going, I saw it going down on yours. I'm like, shit, me and Doug are walking like the same path because it's, yeah. it's very hard to give up something that works. Mm -hmm. and, and have faith in something that only is is, 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 is it only exists in your head like you yeah. haven't really brought it to fruition and and even with two years of podcasts and and god knows how many other things i've been doing mm -hmm. um it still feels as though there's imposter syndrome there it still does and then 100 oh, yeah. percent, dude there was a there was a facebook memory popped up the other day um and and you know nina she does a wonderful job of going back and tagging me and things I'd forgotten about. Mm -hmm. And it was, it was a ring the bell moment. We we'd taken a client from hundred thousand dollar months and he posted $993,000 in sales revenue that month. And I couldn't have been happier. And, and all it was, was getting into his, getting into his head and adjusting where his focus was and adjusting, mm -hmm. adjusting the clientele he was targeting. And, and we changed him from a, a high turnover, high risk clientele to a low turnover, long contract, low risk clientele. And then I yeah. built him out a top 30 of people to go and go and get. And then we went over the yeah. sales scripts and I, I helped him through the Zoom calls. And then boom, just like that, his entire model shifted. And I'm like, why don't I just do that for everybody? <laughs> <You know? laughs> just run the play. I mean, that, that's what it yeah. is. Like, you know, only... I believe only about 10% of, of business is unique and that's your unique skill set that, that, that you're selling. That's the bit in the yeah. middle. That's, that's the solar bit. That's the roofing yeah. bit. That's the lawyer yeah. bit or the doctor bit or whatever. And 90% of it, it's the same stuff over and over. It's having the systems in place to do that for you, you know, yeah. and sales teams being among the most important. Mm -hmm. No, it, it happens. I, I have the same conversation 
with all my clients. <laughs> you know what I mean? And, it, and, it, and it's like, I have to act surprised every time just so they understand how important it is. So when I ask them, hey, do you have a, a scope of work or a script in place for your salespeople? And they're like, no, I have to be like, go through all the motions of, are you crazy? Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I mean, I have to go through it yeah. all. It's like, I knew you were going to say that. That's why you're coming to me in the first place. You know what I mean? Right. Like, you think right. it's because your product or you don't have enough leads or, you know, you don't have the right people in place. But as you bring in people into a broken system, mm-hmm. yeah, and become broken. You know what I mean? Like, yeah. And, and, and I learned that in car sales, but I, it, it was heavily reinforced for me in real estate because when I built the real estate team, what I was doing was I was doing all the front end work. I was the rainmaker. So yeah. going out, being Brought in the videos. The in. Yeah. I bought the leads in and I had assigned the leads and you know, I'm not getting anywhere near the appointment setting rates that I'm, I'm wanting. I'm not getting anywhere near the closing rates and these leads aren't, they're not inexpensive to generate. I'm like, well, what's going on? And it was the fact that even though I'd handed out scripts, that I got from Tom Ferry and rewritten in my own style and everything else. Mm-hmm. Like they didn't want to call the leads. They didn't want to engage with the leads. Like, and there was no accountability on my part. I'm just giving them scripts and expecting them to call. And yeah. so, you know, one of the things I missed in having sales teams is the training and the expectations there and making sure there's milestones and making sure there's like markers to where I know I've, I know this is done. I know this guy's done this. And and if yeah. not, I could step in and correct it. But like as a business owner, dude, I I ignored that for so long. You know, so long or, or not just ignored it. Maybe maybe was ignorant of it is probably the better uh, the better way to do it. I didn't know there was a better way. I'm thinking right. if I if I give you a script and some leads, you should be selling stuff. And uh, clearly, it's that's that's not really the uh, not the simple. solution. <laughs> Were it only that simple, man? No, one of my uh, early early managers used to always say, and then he obviously got it from somewhere else. But uh, inspect what you expect. Yeah. When you're not inspecting what you expect, mm-hmm. then things are going to go by the wayside like that. Okay, so more to your kind of what you're focused on right now, which is basically what you said was building digital infrastructures for offline businesses to bring them to an online world. Yes. And so my first question is, what businesses are offline these days? You would and, be and I'm sure I'd be surprised. You'd be yeah. shocked. Well, it's, it's not that, dude. It's that everybody knows they have to be online, but nobody, mm-hmm. knows, nobody knows how all the bits work together is the problem. Okay. And so you might have a little bit of Google My Business that somebody okay. did three months ago, and then you know you've got a Facebook page, um, but you don't know how it all integrates together. And I ran into these problems with the Texas Media Foundry uh, mm-hmm. with, my, with my video clients. And when you come to me and you buy a video, like you don't want a video, you want more exposure in the marketplace, which lead into more calls, more leads, more sales, more revenue, more money, right? Mm -hmm. But you're not coming to me for a video. And what would happen is I would make these beautiful videos. You've seen some of them. Yeah. And we'd give them to clients and the client would get like four views on it. And I'm like, oh my God, what what are you doing wrong? Let me take a look. And yeah. they they have no CRM set up, or if they do have a CRM set up, it doesn't integrate with their social media. Mm-hmm. Um, 
they might have a few posts on a Facebook page. They've no main character. They've no main spokesperson for their business. And there's no cohesive strategy sticking it all together. There's no way that they get inquiries from Facebook into their CRM. There's no way that they get inquiries from Google into their CRM. And, mm -hmm. and these people are wanting to run like ad campaigns. Oh, maybe we could do an ad. And, and what they do is they boost a post and they wonder why it doesn't work. Mm -hmm. And, you know, th there's so much goes into understanding your target market, understanding your audience, knowing what to post, knowing when to post it. And then each individual ad campaign should have its own landing page. And you see people blowing money, sending link, sending traffic to a website. That's just a hello. This is my company website. There's no sales page on the website. There's no right. call to action on the website and like so many bits missing. So yes, everybody's online, but at most like a company will have a five page website, but there's no call to action. There's no clear message. It's not a sales page. So what I do is I come in and help clean it all up and mm -hmm. I show them what ties to where. And like, we'll use tools to where they can post to multiple social media accounts at once. I'll help them. I show them places to find topics for their audience. I mean, I help them define their audience. I help them set their goals. I help them put 90 day quarters together to where they can, you know, just get, get their, get their little anchor points in, set their goals and they run really hard for 90 days. And then you take a, a few weeks and you, you, you slow down you, you have an assessment and then you run really hard again for the next 90 days. I mean, and the biggest problem that I've, I've faced with all of my clients is, is the drop off is getting them to do the work. We get a couple of early wins in and yeah. then this is a grind, dude, like yeah. own, owning a business and making a footprint on the internet. It's consistency over time and the likable, attractive character method where you build a foundation organically, like, mm. cause a lot of companies. They wanna they wanna buy ads, but if you buy ads and you don't have anywhere to send the traffic, you're just wasting money. Right. You know, so it it comes in stages. We have to get the foundation built first to where there's somewhere for the people that see your stuff to go. Because people think of internet traffic as clicks, and you have to stop thinking of it as clicks and start thinking of it as eyeballs. Yeah. This this is a user, this is a person. What am I showing this person right now in this ad? And what incentive am I giving them to move to my landing page? And then what am I selling them on my landing page? What am I giving in exchange for the information on their landing page? What's going to trigger them into my ecosystem? And these are all questions these guys just, they haven't asked. And they've got a Facebook page and they boost a post and they wonder why they're not making money. You know, and a lot of times there's not really much budget for ad spend. You know, I mean, if you give me 50 grand and say, let's go build some funnels and run some ads, that's a whole different story than, well, I'm pretty broke. I need to get this going organically. It's a whole right. other method. And yeah. so, you know, I get both. But honestly, a lot of guys that call me are throwing a Hail Mary. Yeah. And so I have to start them off and build a foundation and explain to them that, look, you, you got to be all in on this for mm -hmm. the next night for the next 90 days. This is what we need to do. And what I found was they come in and they'd be all gung ho. And then two or three weeks later, they fall off and they keep yeah. falling off and they, they try to get back on and they fall off again. They try to get back on. Well, this isn't working. 
I'm like, all right, let's go back over your posts. And you know, you, you know, the thing you've got to do two posts to Facebook every day, one Facebook live, one post to a Facebook group, you've got to add five people to your group, you've got to add five people yeah. to your CRM, you, you've got to do these fundamentals every day. And I go mm-hmm. back and check the work and it's, it's all done from days one through four. And then mm-hmm. on day five, there's, there's a couple of things missing. And by day 13, nothing's getting done. Mm-hmm. And so what my focus is now is I don't know, I don't know whether you see any of my posts or not, is, you know, I'm taken from Ryan Stuman here where he says to, you know, be the example. Right. And what I've done is, is put myself on the small business surgeon program. And I'm on day 16 of it. And for the next 90 days, I'm logging everything I do. And I'm going mm-hmm. all out with intense focus to hit a specific set of goals. Hence this podcast. But Very cool. if, I, if I do that, then I can turn around to my clients, it, you know, because I've, I've done it multiple times, um, especially since joining Apex. It's, it's a phenomenal thing is, is building mm-hmm. your machine. Um, but most people, they, they don't get past that first two weeks. And so if I can go lead from the front and show them, here's what going for a walk every day for 90 days does. Mm-hmm. You know, here's what focusing on these specific areas for 90 days does. If I can show them that and lead from the front, mm-hmm. I feel though they'd be more inclined to do it and to join in. And what it does for for me and for my brand is expands me past business owners. Like it, it, it allows me to talk to a broader audience in that anybody, anybody that wants to do something that has a, a, a item on their dream list, okay? Anybody can do it in the next 90 days. If you want to be a better guitar player, if you commit to 20 minutes a day for the next 90 days, will you be a better guitar player? Absolutely. If you want to be in better shape, if you commit, yes, you will. And, there's, and, and that way, there's no way to lose. You know, you commit to it for 90 days and you journal for 90 days. And you write down what went right. You write down what went wrong and you're, you're honest with yourself. And, you know, I think that's a lot easier for people to digest than me come in and say, look, this is a six to nine month process. But if we break it down into three focused 90 day sessions, I think they get a lot better results. But again, that's that's just something that I'm I'm experimenting with. And what harm is it going to do me going all in on my own brand for 90 days? None, yeah, it's none exactly. at all. And you see the 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 uh, the levels of uh, <clears throat> exposure and engagement and everything that we're getting now even with facebook juggling that algorithm at us last week which oh they're killing us yeah golly <laughs> i knew it, i knew it wasn't just me no, and like i I, I posted that in entourage and everybody gave me a hard time about oh vanity metrics and all this and it's like that's my business that, that's the point you know what i mean yeah, you have like, to i don't improve. have guys knocking on doors anymore i need eyeballs yeah you know yeah. <laughs> it's uh, that's why I didn't give you a hard time. I was just like, yeah. but it's the same. It's the same for me. What, what advice I give you is, is there's, there's more platforms than Facebook out there. Yeah. And, um, you know, we've, and, and it's a hundred percent what we're doing where we're yeah. at the same mindset right now. Cause like I'm getting more engaged on Twitter. I'm getting more engaged mm-hmm. on LinkedIn. Yeah. And, dude, um, you've YouTube. been on TikTok forever. Yeah, YouTube, YouTube shorts yeah. for me, dude. Some, sometimes yeah. I'll post a short and it'll get two views. And mm-hmm. the next day I'll post one and it'll get 20,000 views. And I've got no idea yeah. how that works. Cause I'm like, they're the same thing. But yeah. you know, the, uh, YouTube, YouTube has been really good. Um, and then just, just more TikTok and, and clapper has started to kind of emerge as a decent base as well for traffic. Really? But like, I've never I, heard of that. What is that? It's, it's 
just it's another TikTok by right wing guys. It's got less censorship oh, okay. on it. Uh, okay. The the problem with Clapper is it's got less censorship, so that means it's got more risque shit on it too. So I've, oh, I've noticed okay. it, it gets bogged down a little bit sometimes with the girl stuff. That that but you know it's a it's one of them learning algorithms. So you just keep clicking off it and it, it won't come back. But um, yeah, we are. So so I use a software suite now um, to where I've got all my accounts built in and I just mm -hmm. upload I upload to the software suite and um, I, I I had a guy last week and he didn't work out you know how VAs go and yeah. so <clears throat> I'm doing it myself still but the, you know the goal is to have a social media manager here within the next uh, week and a half um, but man having that software platform um, mm -hmm. to where all of my socials are connected to it I can respond in the chats to it and it's not Facebook messages me, everything else isn't me. <laughs> you know, it's, it's, yeah. it's all managed by a team because there's just so many places you have to be relevant. And mm -hmm. the, the fact that any single one of these platforms can switch off your traffic and your business at any given point, I mean, mm -hmm. you would be, it, it would be foolish to be focused on just one platform. And so that's why I spread everything out. And it, it, it's more engagement, it's more exposure, but it's mm -hmm. ultimately it's less risk because if if Facebook went away tomorrow, it yeah. would suck, but I'd be all right. I'd still have traffic sources and I'd still have reach and I'd still have influence, you know? Yeah, it, it's a it's a problem, especially in our line of work, because mm -hmm. I can tell you right now, all of my leads, yeah, except for one that I closed, <laughs> all of them except for one. One came from Instagram, the rest mm -hmm. of them come from Facebook. Yeah, my you know same. And the, probably sixty to seventy percent come from either Apex or RBO, which are the masterminds. Right, 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 right. Yeah. So it's my, like I, I, I know there's a problem, but at the same time, I'm still trying to maintain that business just to maintain ca uh, positive cash flow. You know, right, I mean? so right. It's like right. you have to lean back into it and then jump out of it for a little bit, and then you got to lean back into it. You know, mm -hmm. it's like playing yeah. that game. Well, luckily, I've got two and a half years of podcasts that are all recorded and all videoed and all edited. And mm -hmm. so I'm just, I'm having somebody pull out four to five sections from each show, four or five sets of quotes. And I've, I've got content for, for the next year, just in, in the backlog of stuff. So I'm, I'm hoping again, as part of my 90 days of uh, pure focus on this brand, I'm hoping mm -hmm. that I, I've got the right social media manager bedded in and, yeah. you know, we're, we're teed up to release three videos a day, five days a week. Um, that's, that's the objection, the, the objective here. And, uh, hopefully that does, uh, that does for me what it, what it does for the clients. I mean, man, I, I did it with the, the real estate company and, and mm -hmm. then I went and did it with the media company. And so, you know, now I'm just doing it with the consulting company. We, I mean, we literally had a meeting this morning at 10 o'clock where I laid out the plan to do exactly that. <laughs> it's, it's, it's crazy how much in alignment we are right now. And uh, I did, I, I got a little pushback from my social media director because she was worried about the, um, so what we're doing is, you know, obviously Monday, Wednesday, Friday, the episodes release because we do three a week. Mm -hmm. Right. And so uh, the, those episodes are, are reels, they're TikToks, or no, 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 they're not TikToks. They're just, they're reels and then they're posted to my main feeds, right? right. And then I'm doing um, two more, which is one is consulting and one is podcast. Mm -hmm. So that's that's three a day, essentially. And she's worried about it pulling them pulling from each other too much. Like all, all we're going to do is spread out the engagement we're already getting. I don't think so. Um, and, and what I would do is like um, use 
How many videos you you putting out? Did you say three? Just on my personal page. Okay, it so, could be more in the groups and everything. You know what I mean? Right, according right. to our schedule. Right. What so what I do is is I'd have the same two or three hashtags uh, on each of them, and then I'd have twenty seven different hashtags. Per, so you got. Um, you would carry, let's say, uh, small business and sales teams and, and Doug mm -hmm. Mitchell as your, as your three main hashtags. And then yeah. if you're doing 30 hashtags per video, like get a set of 27, another set of 27, another set of 27, and mm -hmm. like use different keywords, different hashtags. That's, that's how I do it. Um, she has a valid point, but mm -hmm. again, you know, you're not gonna you're not going to turn people off. People just scroll past it. If they want to watch it, they'll watch you. That, that was my what, thought. What, like, what oh happens? No, we're putting out too much content. Well, like, I don't think anybody's ever really no, said that. Yeah. No, what, what happens when they scroll past you is it still registers that you exist. And eventually they're like, man, I see this Doug dude everywhere. And they're either going to switch you off or they're going to remember who you are and they're going to refer business to you. Like, oh, that's yeah. Doug. He has that sales team thing. You know, so they're, they're, they're helping me by switching me off because that's eyeballs that don't want right. me anyways. Yes. Know, getting rid of them. Yeah. And, and, and for the longest time, I've been worried about dropping too much content and oversaturating stuff. But what I've learned is that this, this social media is a, it's a content eating monster. And the minute you feed it, 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 it's satisfied for a second. You get your little dopamine hit. You get your little red squares coming up, and then you yeah. got to feed it again and feed it again. And it doesn't matter how much you feed it. If you feed it once a week, guess what? It's going to be hungry next week. If you feed it five times a day, it's going to be hungry tomorrow. It's just it's constantly hungry. And so, yeah, I wouldn't worry about oversaturating. I would just change out the hashtags you're using. Yeah, that, that's going to be a reel that we put out on this episode. <laughs> and then I'm also going to send that to Nika as well. She's my social media director. And uh -huh. I, I've been I've been incredibly blessed. And in I know what you're going through right now. Mm -hmm. Actually, I don't. Because by the time <laughs> I started to lean into social media, I already had Nika, which uh -huh. was like not fair. So she, I actually sourced her through X Digital, which is Jose Sanchez and, and Brandon. Uh, I always forget his last name. It starts with an H. But I um, they, uh, she was their uh, customer service person for like a year before that. And then she had some medical issues. And so mm -hmm. when I went to them, I was like, hey, I need a VA for social media. They were like, oh, we already have her. Like she's coming back now and, and, and you could absolutely have her. And then they tried to like steal her back from me like a year later. And I'm like, nope, <laughs> she ain't going nowhere. You know? But yeah, yeah I, got, I got very lucky starting out. And then the rest I sourced through Sphere Rocket. And uh, that took some time and, and took some going through some people. But, you know, now I yeah, have it a, does. A, a team of three VAs. And then, of course, my my uh, producer and media manager, Ryan, and it's just a killer team and they can scale. They've got room to grow all of them. So we're, that's what we're you excited. need. Man. It's it's finding those right linchpins. It's finding the who's mm -hmm. that, that really can open up the game. You know, it's, it's finding those right guys. Man, so we jumped around a little bit here. It's funny because as you were talking, you were literally answering answering the questions that I had. Oh my! But bad. one of the things that I no, you're good. One of the things I want to point out is what you talked about because you jumped from business to personal, right? And one of the things you talked about was breaking it up by quarter. And mm -hmm. so many people have a goal. You know, they start with a New Year's resolution or they have a goal for their business for next year, mm -hmm. and they have that annual goal. Mm -hmm. And like the space between the micro, what's happening. And then the macro of the annual, you know what I mean? It's, it just seems so far sometimes, you know? Yeah. And, and yeah. we know, I feel like, I feel like maybe we're exposed to it all the time. So I'm a little biased here, but I feel like people are making that 
gap now. They're like, oh, I need to break it up into quarters, break those quarters up into weekly, mm-hmm. track the data weekly, and then and then create issues. You know, this is the EOS model, right? Create right, issues right. whenever I'm not hitting my weekly. And um, but on the personal side, I don't think we've made that that leap yet. And that's kind of what you were talking to. You've been sober for six years now, and mm-hmm. you've lost sixty pounds in that time. Mm-hmm. Yeah, maybe more now. You know, and um, I, I got in that comfort zone, so now my weight goes it goes up by ten pounds, down by yeah, fifteen. Same. By, yeah, I'm, I'm 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 comfortable where I'm at. I mean, I'm yeah, I'm I'm six four and two twenty five, so I'm I'm comfortable. But there's there's yeah. room for improvement. I'm still trying to improve. You know, absolutely. And so, was. For you, was there a spark or was there this like wall that you hit and you're like, hey, something's got to change six years ago? Yeah. Or or yeah. was it more gradual? Yeah. No, there's, there's always like the – yeah. So I I could not stop drinking because I didn't want to stop drinking. Mm-hmm. Um, and so it wouldn't have mattered if if you'd have, you know, drug me through the desert and beat me with, with a bat. I wouldn't have stopped because I didn't want to stop. And mm-hmm. – what got me to stop was it was a couple of things. Um, you know, I made every mistake that entrepreneurs make when they get paid, like all of them. Mm-hmm. You name the mistake, I made it, um, including drinking too much. Yeah. And um, it, it cost me a multi-million dollar company. Uh, I was asleep at the wheel. I wasn't asleep. I was drunk at the wheel. Uh, and that's just yeah. what happened. And so I had lost that company and it was all happening at the same time. Um, so I, I booked tickets to England, to my sister's wedding and, uh, this was 2017 and the company had collapsed like the week before and whatever, man, it was a wedding and we were going to go drink. And, mm-hmm. you know, looking back on that two weeks, there's, there's not a single picture of me out there without glassy eyes from, from two entire weeks. And, you know, a wedding's a good excuse, but come on, man. Yeah. And so with my world collapsing around me. Um, we were leaving to come back to America. Um, my mom, she was 63 at the time. She stood on her tiptoes at, and she whispered in my ear as I was leaving, she whispered, sort your fucking life out. Wow. And, and for that to come from a little old lady. That's a spark. That's <laughs> the spark. <laughs> yeah. And the fuel, that was the spark. And the fuel had come from watching a very close friend of mine's partner, um, in that February, she had been one of the gang and she'd been one of the crowd and she had drank with us and done shots with us and been at the table with us. Mm-hmm. And she went through liver failure and turning yellow and getting bloated and, and, and died. And I was the friend that went to the apartment and helped turn her and help wipe her down and end of life stuff. And you know, you add that with the company collapsing and, and your mom telling you to sort your fucking life out. And you're just like, yeah. you know what? Um, maybe I won't have a drink today. And I'm not some like superhero dude. Um, <laughs> I had just decided that I didn't want to die uh, like Mel did because that looked awful. It was yeah. aw- it was just awful. I did not want to die. And more importantly, I didn't want to disappoint my mom anymore. And so it was a case of, you know what, I'm, I'm not going to have a drink today. And that turned into two days and that turned into three days. And, you know, then the, the, the fucking withdrawal symptoms started and I'm halfway through this withdrawal and I'm like, man, I just, I'm just going to get a drink. And I, I started realizing, like, if you don't go through this now, you're going to have to go through it again. 
and again and you're again, halfway through already you quit so you might as well stay and then yeah. you know after that i just am i gonna have a drink today not today and i made it two weeks i made it three weeks and mm-hmm. then i signed up for this little app to help me keep track and hold me accountable and like uh, it, you, you know the time just passed and uh i've drank a couple of times since then um very intentionally yeah i was said i have a drink when i've got something to celebrate not when i'm drinking because i'm depressed or whatever it was right. and you know both times i've been sick afterwards like violently like awful sick and and yeah. not getting drunk i'm talking about having a a, a drink right, right and i think the last time i had one was in 2019 because i was so yeah. sick after it i'm like well i guess that's that then and so I don't want to appear like a superhero for staying sober. It's right. I don't I don't want to die. I've got loads of shit I want to do. Um, I don't want to disappoint my mom, mm-hmm. and I don't want to feel like death. And yeah, your so, body's literally rejecting it now. It's like yeah. we're done with this. Yeah, and so yeah, but I know being sober is something that a lot of business owners struggle with. It's because they use mm-hmm. it to to mitigate cope. the stress. Yeah, to cope yeah. with the stress, but ultimately you know i was just killing myself slowly and mm-hmm. um you know i had some some weight issues and some chest pain issues and there's only so so long you can kid yourself for as you get into your 40s and you, you're like this has to get taken care of and you know you know i'm i don't want to be morbid but i'm not ready to die and i certainly don't want to go out with liver failure because that just looked that looked awful and i yeah. certainly don't want to disappoint my mom and so that that was the catalyst it, it was that being 37 years old and being a drunk disappointment yeah try living with that you know and it that that's what made me do it man but but that's that's what i do now like do i listen and i sit and i listen to guys that are struggling with this and i i help them through it and it, it's it's not it's not i'm never gonna have a drink it's it's not i'm giving up alcohol forever this is evil it's right. you know what I'm just not going to have a drink today. I'm still going to go see my friends. I'm still going to be a normal person. I'm going to go yeah. hang out. I'm going to have a Diet Coke or I'm going to have a water or I'm going to have a Topo Chico and Lime or whatever yeah. the hell it is. Like too many people quit drinking and they just like, and they cut off their friend groups and they cut off their support and they cut off everything right. because we spend so much time as social creatures consuming alcohol. Yeah. And so, yeah, that, that is something I, I I don't openly advertise that as part of the small business surgeon program. It's just always something that comes up is, is, mm-hmm. is diet. It, it, it's, are, are they eating like a dumpster fire? Because so many of us stress eat my, myself included oh, and, yeah. and alcohol and you cannot build a better business until you've built a better entrepreneur. And so they kind of just go hand in glove, dude. It just, it just works together, you know? Man, I'm going to let that sit for a little bit. You can't build a better business <laughs> until you build a better entrepreneur. I love that. I love yeah. it 100%. You know what's crazy is, you know, since we joined Apex, we've been pressured to do all of this, you know, 75 hard, mm-hmm. drink less, become mm-hmm. a better version of ourselves, you know. And uh, it is. It's really beautiful how it has. I mean, at least at least for me, because I, I never had any of these thoughts before joining Apex, right? alcohol was especially after COVID like yeah. <laughs> alcohol was just like part of my life you know mm-hmm. and did I you finish probably, did you finish 75 hard not recently but you I finished, finished it last year yeah, yeah. I've finished it before yeah dude it took me uh, nine nine tries I I I my very first try I got injured like 47 days in um, oh man 
second time I made it to like eight days. The third time I was injured at 27 days and it took me nine times, but boy, finishing it. Like I, I can't speak enough about finishing it and what it does for your tenacity. Like it, it will, it will engage you. And man, I was, uh, I was in really good shape when I finished it. I'm about, mm -hmm. I'm about 10 pounds heavier than where I was when I finished it. But like, Same. it's yeah. two workouts a day is a lot. <laughs> yeah, it is. And then, and for me, it was, yeah. Anyways, um, yeah, it took me seven times. And the, other, and the only reason I finished it at the seventh time is because my wife did it with me. And so that was a whole different journey. You yeah. Know? And, and we both did it through COVID. It, it's funny because like, yeah, the, the, I think the reason I finished was because Nina did it with me and I didn't want, I didn't want to be the one that failed. Neither did she, you know, we exactly. both like, we both pushed each other to do it. And it's, it is easier when you've got that accountability because it, it's, it well, matters. and then you can take, you literally take a walk every evening. You know, what yeah. I'm saying? and and, yeah. and and it helps your relationship, brings you closer mm -hmm. together. You know, yeah. And so that it it becomes something I look forward to versus something's mm -hmm. like, ah, oh, what am I gonna do for my second workout? And I already did those <laughs> muscle groups, and I don't feel like running. So what else can yeah. I do here? <laughs> yeah, it's like no, it's, just take a walk. You take know? a walk. Put put in a podcast. You know, do two things at once. And uh, that's yeah. yeah, that's what I did. And uh, I do uh, I do walk every day now, and I do resistance bands every day because my mm -hmm. my age. You know, you get that joint stuff coming in, but uh, yeah, like I don't I count that. As, I don't count that as two workouts. You know, it's a forty-five minute walk and about fifteen minutes of resistance bands. So I only count it as one. You know? Yeah. So. So what's next for the small business surgeon? Well, it is a huge amount of focus on the next 90 days. Uh, so that is what I'm going to turn into my product. Because as you, you certainly well know, um, there's only so much consulting you can do. And every single business is a completely unique situation. Um, so there's no one size fits all digital product that I can sell over and over. Mm -hmm. And I believe you've gone you've recently gone through this or are going through yeah. it right, right this minute. And yeah, so, yeah. Um, you know, my focus for the longest time has been impact over money. Ever since I learned that abundance in money was the byproduct of, of abundance and impact, I've just been focused on the impact and, and the mm -hmm. money seems to just, just show up. And so I thought, how can I have the, the, the most impact on my clients and how can I have the most impact on my network? It is breaking that stuff down into those 90 days and showing that if you write out your goals, if you take the time to decide where you want to go, and then every single day we journal and we take notes and we measure what we've done. And I know it's tedious. I know <laughs> it is. And people don't want to do it. And so my goal is to show them like what's going on in my life over 90 days and how much impact I can have and how much stuff I can get done in 90 days mm -hmm. and with my boys and with everything else I got going on in life. Like this is how I'm moving the needle forward and turn that into, into a 90 day program that I essentially give away. And then obviously the upsell comes is if you need help, if you want to join a group, if you want one-on-one, -on -one, there are upsells yeah. there, but I can have the most impact by giving away this entire program. 
And um, I've, I've got some uh, some notebooks over here that I'm, I'm journaling in every day, and we're going to go and take the uh, the things from there and uh, get those books printed. And so there'll be a, uh, a little notebook for sale, and maybe a water bottle or a T-shirt or something. But the, yeah. the goal is to really dial in a 90-day program that, that everybody can do and hold each other accountable. Because I see the biggest breakdown isn't with the intention of these guys. The biggest breakdown in all of my clients is in the execution of basic daily tasks. And they, they just don't execute consistently. And so the best way I can think of to get everybody on the same page is to lead from the front, go be the example uh, and, and show everybody just what's, what's possible with 90 days of focus and commitment. Well, I think that resonates with a lot of people listening and, and me personally. I mean, I think that's your hook. It's like, do you struggle executing small daily tasks? Mm-hmm. Question mark. <laughs> I mean, like that's, that's it because we do like, you know, when I think about what have I done consistently for the past 90 days? G code. Yeah. Um, prayed. Mm-hmm. Okay. I do that. And, you know, I could probably throw in working out in there, mm-hmm. but maybe like 60 of the 90. Yeah, but 65, like, but that's only because it's 75 hard, you know? Right. But the point is not the point where I go is that when people fail, they stop. When yeah. people fall off the wagon, they're off it. And mm-hmm. I want people to understand that you can lose some days. You can lose three times in a day, but if you've got three losses and seven wins, did you win the day or not? You won the day. Like if you did one workout and not two, you still got a workout in. Like you get one win and one L. Like, Mm -hmm. and what I'm trying to convey is, look, we're committing for 90 days. It doesn't matter if you screw up on day 13. The horse is still there. Climb back on the horse. Yeah. Let's go again. We got another, we got another, you know, 75 days to get this right. Let's go again. And the goal is not to win every day for 90 days. Like how few teams win championships with perfect seasons? Yeah. Like every champion slips. Everybody takes a loss. Mm-hmm. Right. It, it's the fact that you can then pick up this notebook and flick back. When you lose on day 12, you can flick back and see 11 days of wins and you, you, you go, you know what? Today was a rough one. You know, I'm going to go for a walk. I'm going to meditate a little bit. I'm going to write down some notes and I'm going to crush it tomorrow. Yeah. And that way, it's not all or nothing. It's not, oh, I had a drink. I guess I'll just go back to drinking. It's yeah. not, I skipped a workout. I guess I'll eat those cookies. It's like, hey, on Tuesday, I skipped a workout and I ate some cookies. Yeah, I'm going to try harder tomorrow. Uh, mm-hmm. I can only eat cookies on Saturdays or, or whatever it is that you set yeah. for yourself, whatever targets you set. I've got a place in my notes that says not only where did I win today, right? And I've got three places for wins. that You've got to write down at least three wins because remember, it's the end of the day. We're trying to focus on being grateful and, and knocking stuff off the list. Where did I win? What can I celebrate? I've also got where did I lose because I've got one spot. You can write down one thing that you didn't do to the extent of your capabilities that you want to Mm -hmm. work on tomorrow. And what will I improve upon tomorrow? Those are my three questions at the end of my day, followed up with, did I win today? So when you add all your marks up, was today a win or not? And by having that, and and you know, I I borrowed heavily from G-Code and I borrowed heavily from 75 Hard. 
Um, mm -hmm. And I believe in both these pro. I think they're both life-changing programs. Absolutely. And a, a huge shout out to Ryan Stuman for turning us both onto G-Code and to Andy mm -hmm. Frisella for 75 Hard. I mean, I would not be where I'm at without those, those guys. I do realize, however, that 75 Hard is not for everybody. Like going undergoing that well, mental transformation. It, it's it, like it, you just said, like when you fail 75 hard, the likelihood that you're going to start it again, like the next day mm -hmm. is like 5% maybe you know right, what well, I mean? I, because it's so extreme, but you know, and you know, I just put in 20 days. I don't feel like putting in another 75 mm -hmm. It'd be different but, if I didn't fail mm -hmm. and I only had to do 50 more or whatever, but you know, winning consistently is 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 habit and it's something that's built off of learning to fail and so yeah. if we address our failures and say all right what wins did i have now what losses did i have where did this go wrong mm -hmm. today by bringing that to the front going okay well that went wrong let's let's try this tomorrow what will i improve upon tomorrow and yeah. those are the questions i want you to ask whether you have a drink or not whether you skip a workout whether you forgot to reach out to people and and, and you know work on your relationships it doesn't matter what matters is you acknowledge it you go okay that needs work tomorrow and then we get on that again and we, we we reset and we go and it's it's 90 days of focusing on moving you towards your goals and and how close to your goals can you get in 90 days and then we take a couple of weeks and we sit down and we reassess and we set new targets and we go again and that's it and no, I, I, it. I i think that that is the best way to bridge the gap um with with a lot of entrepreneurs that that just kind of aren't ready yet um because getting into the consulting and the fixing the business stuff that, that i do is so dependent on fixing the entrepreneur and and having somebody that's commit because dude a lot of business is boring repetitive tasks over and over and over like yeah. it's just it's just the game and if if they can't be consistent there's no way they're going to come out of this uh, as successes. And, and it's why so many businesses fail. You know, mm -hmm. It's just why so many things like that stop. So my goal is to take everybody and get them through the next 90 days. And if that's learning Spanish, so be it. You know, what did you do today to, to move your Spanish goals forward? How many Spanish people did you talk to? If it's overcoming anxiety, how many strangers in the supermarket are you going to go talk to today? Whatever mm -hmm. it is, you can fix in 90 days of focus. And so... That's really my goal is to show people just what can be done and what can be accomplished with a little bit of focus and uh, a lot of effort. I love it, brother. I love it. If you guys, you guys are hearing this and this is something you're interested in, or you just want to follow Sam, he's at small business surgeon on Instagram. And then yeah. also you can go to his website at follow Sam dot live. That's yes, sir. Dot live. So I've got one more question for you. I know we're way over time, so I want to make sure that we're good. We're, we're, we're good. We're good. Okay. And this one's a, a little deeper, but very much what you've been talking about in terms of impact. So okay. what is, what does legacy mean to you and what legacy do you want to leave behind? Oh man. Um, you know, I, I kept thinking the longest time, you know, all I really want on my, on my tombstone is like, yeah, you know what? He was a good dude. <laughs> he tried his best. Um, <laughs> sorry, I hear you say that and I, and I know immediately that's not you, <laughs> but you know, le legacy is, that's a difficult one to pin down. You know, I was, at, uh, I lost a friend a few weeks ago and I was at her memorial. Oh, sorry. It, life goes on. You know, I was at her memorial the other day and 
the legacy she left was the hundreds of people that showed up with great stories about her and the impact she'd had on people's lives, you know, and so such a fitting legacy. Um, so it can mean different things to different people. But when I, when I turned 40 and got a few more gray hairs, it, it stopped becoming about me and it started becoming about the foundation I built for my kids and then other people's kids coming after us. And what kind of future are we leaving for them? So my legacy is, uh, at least I plan on it being, uh, you know, very focused in education, um, a different style of education. I think there's far too much emphasis placed on being educated and not actually on the practical lessons of being alive. Um, you know, and I'm a huge component in continuing education. So mm -hmm. I, I want to give as much as possible and, and have as much positive impact on other people's lives so they don't have to make the same mistakes I do. Um, so I am hoping that I get to live a long enough and prosperous life to where my legacy is a children's charity that is self-funding and self-sustaining and can go and impact the lives of foster kids and, and unwanted children and mm -hmm. give them a safe space to live and to, to learn and to grow and to uh, to have a curriculum that is practical and helpful. I think that that we could do a lot of good as, as a collective working towards a better future for our kids. And I also want you to realize that there's no they when we say, oh, they should do something about education or they should do something about politics or they should do something about, you know, the state of the roads, there's no they. We are in our 30s and in our 40s. Mm -hmm. There's just us. There's just us. If we yeah. want to make a change, we have to go do it and we have to build that. And, you know, that's why I set aside a little bit of my income every month. And it's why I'm saving money to put together a nonprofit. That's really mm -hmm. It's really a calling to me. And, and if I'm blessed enough to get to live a long and prosperous life, then I want to build a, a big and impactful charity. And uh, that would be my ultimate goal. So that that's that's what I'm hoping for. But man, as long as my tombstone says, you know, he was a good dude and we all loved him, then I'll be okay. <laughs> <laughs> I I can appreciate that. I, I really can. And I understand that. But it's so easy to do that. And you mm -hmm. have not taken the easy route, brother. You have not. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And don't tempt me. Don't in tempt order, me. In order to, to fulfill that legacy, and, and I, I do, I want to point this out, and it's not going to sound pretty or motivational, but you need to become filthy fucking rich. That's the plan. If you, mm -hmm. you want to fulfill that legacy, you, mm -hmm. you have to. That's something that has to happen. Mm -hmm. This whole idea of, you know, Oh, well, if I build a little bit of it, then other people will jump no. on board. You, mm -hmm. you can't have that game plan. I got to lead from the front. Plan. Yeah. The, the goal, honestly, the goal is to get filthy rich and then give it all away. Mm -hmm. Like That's it. Like I want to make as much money as possible so I can have as much impact as possible. And then I, I'm out, you know, peace. Yeah. It's, a, it's a short life, dude. Um, you, you know, and, and, and this is the response to everybody that says money isn't everything. You know what I'm saying? This is that response, right? Yeah, yes, I mean, you want your tomb, like, you'll be okay if your tombstone reads that, mm -hmm. but there's about 95% of the rest of you that's like, hey, I want to have this impact. Yeah. I want to get filthy fucking rich so I can mm -hmm. impact some kids' lives. And in and not just like, oh, they get some shoes or they get some clothes. No. Or something. no, no, like, I, I want to provide a place for them to stay. 
to live, to grow, well, to learn. You know mm -hmm. what I mean? Well, without going without going too deep into it and too far off the rails, I mm -hmm. I, I firmly believe that a lot of institutionalized and and religious backed childcare is is borderline abuse, and so you know I I think that um, within our own government systems. Uh, it, it, it lends to um, abuse uh, and abusers mm -hmm. being, being prevalent. And, you know, what's the best way to, to target that you know, without going in and, and you know, setting fire to a bunch of people? It's to build your own systems. It's to build your own, yeah. build it better and do the things that, that you know can be done for the benefit of these kids. And so there is no they, Doug. There's only yeah. us. And if I want to make it happen, that's what I have to do. I love so, it, brother. Just got to do the filthy rich bit first. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. I mean, it, and then what will happen is that that moss will start collecting of the ball that you created that's rolling down the hill. Mm -hmm. You know what I'm saying? And then all of a sudden, it won't be about your contribution anymore. It'll be about everybody else's because they say, well, Sam's got this big ass boulder over here already rolling. Mm -hmm. Let's yep. just throw our money on top of that. That's we'll have, It'll go a lot further. You know? But you have to lead by example and make that boulder run first you can't just put 10 grand in a checking account and go right i've got a charity everybody give money to me you yeah. can't do that there has yeah. to be an example and i know that to, to to feed and house and educate 30 kids uh, i already know it's going to cost about 700 grand a year like i love that you've done the math already oh yeah yeah yeah, yeah. i'm like I, yeah, I, and I've, I, I've got a couple of people ready to sit on the board and uh, I've got a nonprofit attorney that, that's ready to help out. It's just, you know, um, these things aren't cheap and mm -hmm. um, I've got to do the, the filthy rich bit first. But it's no, it's 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 a it's right at the top of my priority list, um, you know, right behind building the income and, and building the brands out for clients. I mean, I, I want this nonprofit. This is what I want to do. So. Hello, brother. Thank you so much for coming on the show and giving us I mean, way more of your time than we we originally agreed to. So dude, I thank you for you having me, man. It's, it's been yeah. great. I've I've got a slammed afternoon, but um, my my one o'clock is 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 uh, is just waiting for me, and they can they can just wait because this, oh, this shit. Okay. It's, it's, it's 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 all good. It's all good. There's no fires, and so uh, yeah. Okay. Um, part of the 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 best thing about living by the calendar is having a full one, but uh, mm -hmm. it doesn't. This, this was important, man. I wanted to stay around. So no, I appreciate you so much, brother. And um, you know, we've already dropped your handles and everything. So yeah, you yeah, can yeah. find those in the show notes as well. So immediately, everybody go follow Sam at a minimum, and uh, let's get his message out because it, it, it needs I to get out. I appreciate you, man. Thank you so much, Doug. Thank you for having me on, man. And uh, I'll see you in a few days. Yeah, we're gonna be up at yeah. MDM, right? All right, sounds pal. good, brother. Let's we'll get building. Thank you for having me, man. Thank you for tuning in to this episode of Building Great Sales Teams. We appreciate it. Be sure to execute on everything that you just heard and let's get building. Before we sign off, we'd like to invite you to join our Brickyard community. Head on over to jointhebrickyard.com. Again, that's jointhebrickyard.com or click the link in the description to find out more.